Please rise, congregation, and lift up your hearts to God. We begin our worship this afternoon by confessing once again that our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Receive the greeting of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth. Amen. Let's open our Bibles this afternoon to Proverbs chapter 30, where we'll read the verses 5 to 9, words of Agur, and then also Luke 12, 13 to 34, the words of our Lord Jesus Actually, it should be, uh, well, yes, verse 5 to 9. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or, lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. And then we turn to Luke chapter 12. Beginning at verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus then, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared. Whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So far the word of God. This afternoon, congregation, we deal with Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 50. There, we confess the following. What is the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. So far, Our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls who belong to him. So what do we actually pray for? Or what do we ask for when we pray for our daily bread? All our bodily needs, as we confessed in Lord's Day 45, question and answer 118. All our needs for our physical life here were created in such a way that we need good food and drink, healthy, we need food, we need clothing and shelter, we need sleep, we need physical health to live, we need work that satisfies and income, we need relationships with other people as part of it too. All those things are included in the word bread in the fourth petition. But then the, then the question can arise, too, if you already have food and drink and clothing and a house to live on, and live in and, and uh, friends and so on, why, why would you need to pray this petition if you already have all those things in front of you and around you? For instance, if you sit at your table and your fridge and freezer are full of food, and the food's on the table, why would you pray, give us this day our daily bread? You already have it, more than enough. Well, you need need to understand then what prayer is about. Prayer is not giving God a grocery list or a wish list because otherwise he won't give me what I need. No, we pray to exercise, to train our faith. It's for us to train our faith. God doesn't need to be informed. He knows. We need to train our faith. It's true. Sometimes it seems that our prayers are meant to convince God that I I need this or to change God's mind about that. But if that's how I pray, I'm eventually going to think that I only think that I need to pray if I'm poor or if I'm sick, or if my business is going downhill. As long as I'm healthy and things are going good, why why should I pray then? 
I only need to pray if I'm in trouble. And then my prayer would be just to point out my needs and problems to God. Now, it's good to pray when there are problems and troubles. God invites us to tell those things to him too. But prayer is not a matter of trying to convince God of all our needs and wants. Prayer is in the first place training our faith so that we trust our Father in heaven that he will provide us with all our bodily needs as we confess in the first part of the answer in Lord's Day 50. And congregation, with that in mind, I proclaim to you what we confess from Scripture about the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. That's our theme. And we're going to pay attention to four main words that come to the fore in this Lord's Day. First, provision. Secondly, acknowledgement. Thirdly, blessing. And fourth, trust. First of all, provision then. Lord's Day 50 begins, provide us with all our bodily needs. Providing points to God's fatherly care. The word is the root of, of providence. You know about God's providence. I don't have what I have because of luck or chance. No. God has provided me with these things. He provides. He provides me with all good and he averts all evil or he turns it to my good, my benefit, as he promised me. And he does so because he loves me in Christ. Maybe you've had a difficult time at work or at school at, at some time or other and you talked it over with your wife or your mom. And then at lunch the next day you open your lunch box and there you see that your wife or mom wrote on the banana or on the paper around the, sand, the sandwich, thinking of you, I love you, something like that. And you, you look at that and, and that really picks you up then. That's an encouragement. Well, you know, that actually counts for everything we get in life from our Father in heaven. There's a note attached to everything we receive written by our Father in heaven that says, I'm thinking of you. I love you. And see, that's why I pray for my daily bread in order to train my faith so that I see that note in everything I receive. I receive this and I have that because my Father in heaven thinks of me and provides for me and loves me. That's why we pray, give us this day our daily bread, even though the food is on the table and there's more in the fridge and freezer. It's so that we eat and drink every day in the faith that what we have before us is from our Father in heaven. It's so that we remember that he loves us, that he cares for us, and it's so that we think of him in every sandwich, every good night's sleep, Every day we enjoy with friends or at work or in good health or with every medication we take for the pain. We're trained by prayer to recall that God our Father loves us and cares for us. He provides for us. Because you see, we don't automatically think of that when we, we receive all these things and use them. In fact, more, than, more often than not, we don't think about it, do we? Because of our sinful nature, which wants to assume that we have a right to Receive what we receive every day. We think we have a right to it. No, our Savior taught us to pray so that we experience everything we receive as graciously given to us by our Father in heaven. And that makes us thankful always. John Calvin said, 
That's why believers find more enjoyment with a simple crust of bread than unbelievers do with a big banquet. It's because the believer tastes God's gracious love and care in it, his provision. Whereas the unbeliever doesn't taste anything in it like that. But to taste that in it requires prayer, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Then you see that that piece of bread is a gift of love provided for you by your Father in heaven. And if God allows you to relish a whole banquet too, then you really rejoice in God's love in that especially too. We mentioned already that the word bread in the fourth petition includes all our our physical needs. Everything we as humans need for everyday life, such as food and drink, sleep, employment, pleasure in your work, pleasure at school, pension, medicines for sickness, friends, goods, relationships, all included in in those words, our daily bread. What we need to live for, for God, where we are. No more. Jesus doesn't tell us to ask for affluence. And he also teaches us to pray for our daily bread. That, doesn't, that means at least all believers, but it includes all people. All people depend on his provision, even if they don't realize it or acknowledge it. Maybe God provides bread for others by giving it to us first, with the intention that we give it to those people in need. Think of that when you pass the table for the food bank. Give us our daily bread, plural. So this petition is certainly a call to learn to know God as our loving and caring Father in heaven. And if you see it that way, then everything takes on a different, more amazing color, doesn't it? You see everything with a, a different color. Because then everything has a note attached to it from our Father in heaven. I love you. I'm taking care of you. You miss that if you don't know God as your Father in Christ then your enjoyment of what you receive is never real full delight in your Father in Christ. Unbelievers can seek that true enjoyment, but what they get is imitation pleasure. And sadly, that only leads to eternal hunger and thirst and anguish. So I hope you see then how important it is to pray for your bread and for everything you need to live for for God from day to day, as Jesus teaches us in the fourth petition. Every slice of bread is a call to remember that it's your Father in heaven who is providing that for you in love. And when you have to go without something, that's a humbling call too, to remember that that you need your Father in heaven to provide for you. And it remember, you, you're called to remember the eternal hunger and misery that's reserved for those who don't, don't see God's hand in what they receive. So congregation, in the fourth petition, our Savior teaches us to ask God to provide us with all our bodily needs so that we experience God's love and care in everything that we receive in this life. And if we experience that, then the following three things will happen too. And we come to the second important word in Lord's Day 50, acknowledgement. And that's the first word then, acknowledgement, so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good. So I mentioned uh, prayer is, is training, trains our hearts and minds to remember that our Father in heaven is the one who provides us with all good, the only source of it. Oh, you can work hard at your job, you can work hard at school, 
and you make careful use of different methods to be able to save up and buy good things for yourself. And it can look as if you can guarantee that you'll have good things by doing your best, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, so to speak. And even if something doesn't work out, you'll always have something, another plan to fall back on. Plan A doesn't work out, you have plan B. But who gave you the insight to make those plans? Who gave you the health and the strength to carry out what you have in mind? Who gave the opportunities you had? Who made it so that you don't live in a war zone at this time? If God would withhold his hand, then all your plans, A and B and everything else, would all your efforts would turn to nothing. No, God is the giver of all good. And praying is training your heart and mind to acknowledge him as the giver. So you grow in that acknowledgement through prayer. And that's why it's so important to pray regularly and at every meal. When you have the food in front of you, you look at it. You acknowledge him in it. Continue to confess that it's him, your God, who gives you the good and tasty things you enjoy. Your Father in Christ gives you what you need to live from day to day. Without prayer, without prayer about that for your daily bread, you, you easily forget that. And then you're no better than the animals who never think of it either. Think about that. God gives bread and all good things to us sinners because, because he withheld them from his only son who became one of us. He withheld them from Jesus. And that's the reason he can and wants to provide us with good things. Especially at the end of his life, when Jesus was crucified, as we remembered this morning, he had no clothes. He cried out, I thirst. He was forsaken by everyone. He didn't get any painkillers. He hung on that cross with nails through his hands and his feet. He had nothing except curse. He who always lived perfectly according to God's will, loved his father perfectly, was deprived of all good things so that I might receive whatever I need from my father in heaven, my father in, in, in Christ. He who always, always used his gifts and abilities to glorify his father in heaven was deprived of all goods so that I who have not used all my gifts and abilities fully to God's glory could still receive Good things from God. Brothers and sisters, when we pray for our daily needs, the cross of Jesus Christ has to be there too. In the background, that's the ultimate thing we all have to acknowledge. And that's why it's so important to pray the fourth petition, to pray for our bodily needs every day. Even though we have the food before us already on the table, and even though we have houses to live in and income to buy warm clothing that we need at this time of the year, we need to pray this continually because otherwise we eat and drink and enjoy good things without acknowledging God's goodness to us because of Jesus Christ. We deny his work, in fact. We take it all for granted. We use it all thoughtlessly, everything we receive, and then to our condemnation. And then we complain so easily when we're, not, uh, we, when we're not satisfied with what we get, especially when we see what others have, filled with envy. Yes, congregation, praying the fourth petition is training 
to acknowledge that all, training ourselves to acknowledge that all the good we receive is from our loving Father through Jesus Christ. And we need that training, don't we? And that brings us to the next important word in Lord's Day 50. And that's the word blessing. We confess, Lord's Day 50, that our care and labor and also God's gifts cannot do us any good without his blessing. We can do our utmost. We can acquire many things for ourselves. But without God's blessing, all that doesn't mean a thing. It's all vanity. As we sang with Psalm 127, unless the Lord will build the house, its builders only toil in vain. And prayer, praying the fourth petition then, praying for our daily needs, is reminding oneself of that. The need for God to bless what we receive and have. And that has two sides to it. I can work hard and I can make every effort and have an abundance of goods, but my enjoyment of it all is not in my control. Think of the rich man in Jesus' parable, Luke 12. This man had worked so hard and he had ample goods, many years worth laid up for himself. He built bigger barns to store it all and he said to himself, now I can relax, eat, drink and be merry. But that same night, God took his life away. He said, you fool, you didn't realize that I can do this. See, the true benefit of what we receive and have is not in our own control. Only with God's blessing are any of the medicines and the treatments and the gifts you receive useful for you in any way. Otherwise, you can get all kinds of medicine treatments. You can get all kinds of help and you can get all kinds of gifts, good gifts. You can have lots of food in the fridge, in the freezer, in the pantry, but if you become sick and your stomach can't handle food, it's no good to you. You can have a lovely home and a nice car and all kinds of good things, but if you get a stroke and you have a bad accident, you won't be able to enjoy all those things. We're so, see, we're so dependent on God. And we need to pray continually in order to train ourselves to keep that in mind always. The other side is that all we have is only a value if God blesses it too. In other words, if it brings us closer to God, not farther away from him, but closer to him. We read Agor's proverb in Proverbs 30. Give me neither poverty nor riches. And what's really striking is why he prays the way he does. Neither poverty nor riches. Why no poverty? Lest he get to the point that he's going to steal and so profane the name of his God. If I ran into problems with my business, I might end up cutting corners and cheating a bit on the bills or on my taxes. And that counts for so many things, right? If in my marriage, if my marriage relationship is poor, I might end up seeking sexual satisfaction somewhere else. Or if my marks at school aren't what they should be or could be, I might end up cheating on my exams or, or papers. But if I do those kind of things, then I profane the name of my God. My almighty and faithful father in Christ. Then I offend him. And then I give others cause to blaspheme his name. And I can cause others even to sin against God too. And don't think you'd never come to those kind of things. Then you don't know yourself. No, Agor knew himself. And he knew his God, so he prayed, don't let me be so poor 
that I'm tempted to take, to take matters in my own hands and end up causing offense to your name. For those kind of activities only take me and others away from you rather than closer to you. On the other hand, Agur also prays, don't give me riches. And listen to why he's also, he also prays that. Lest I deny you, he says, and say, who is the Lord? You see, if you have everything your heart desires and everything is going so good for you, you can easily come to the point where you figure, ah, I don't need God. I'm happy without him. What could serving him add to my life? And why should you listen to preaching that reminds you of sin and the need for salvation, doom and gloom? You have it good even if you don't live that close to God. Brothers and sisters, how many people haven't become estranged from God due to their prosperity? The Lord Jesus and his apostles, his apostles too, they warned so often not against wealth itself, but against where the love of money can bring you. And it's for that reason also that the Lord Jesus teaches us the fourth petition. Give us today our daily bread. If you give me much, let it be with your blessing so it doesn't take me away from you. So it doesn't bring me to think that I don't really need you or forget you. Don't think that you'll never forget God when things go good and you enjoy prosperity, brothers and sisters, Then you don't know yourself either. Listen to your Savior who taught you to pray this fourth petition and pray it continually in riches or poverty and in between. Ask for his blessing. And we come to the fourth important word in Lord's Day 50, trust. In the last part of this Lord's Day, we confess with the, with the fourth petition, grant us that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. Only trust in God. Now, we, we need to pray that. We need to train ourselves to trust only in God, right? And prayer trains us to do that. Because, you see, we're so inclined to build our trust, our peace of mind on people, on our, what we own, on ourselves, our own abilities. And how do you know when you're doing that, when you're putting your trust in some, someone or something else? Well, the test is, how often do you pray? How real, your, how real is your prayer life? Because if we have it good, if we have many goods laid away and we have lots of smart people and methods to fall back on, then it's so easy to forget that things can quickly go differently for us. We don't entertain those thoughts then, and then our prayer life withers away, and we end up only praying now and then. And then when we do pray, it's out of habit. And on the other hand, if things become really difficult, you can become so preoccupied with worrying about your situation and being anxious about it and trying to work your own way out of it that you also neglect to pray. Forget about it. Your mind isn't with God, but it's all consumed by your circumstances. In both instances, you show that your trust is really not in your Father in heaven, but somewhere else. You put it elsewhere. And placing trust elsewhere is, you could say, a virus of our souls. A spiritual pandemic we could say, which we all by nature suffer from. But the Lord Jesus offers an effective vaccine, medicine, and that vaccine is prayer. 
give us this day our daily bread. Teach us again to put all our trust in you, Father. You pray that every day again. Teach us to trust in you, Father, in prosperity and adversity. See, prosperity doesn't guarantee anything. You can have a beautiful bedroom set with a wonderful mattress, but if you can't sleep for worry, it doesn't mean a thing. You can have a fantastic harvest, but one hailstorm can ruin it and you're left with nothing. You can be a genius, but one small blood clot in your brain and you lose your ability to reason out things. So we need to pray from the heart. Oh, Lord God, teach me to keep in mind always that I depend on you so that in prosperity and adversity I put my trust only in you. Also in adversity, we don't need to be anxious then either for as the Lord Jesus said, Luke 12, look at the ravens. Those birds, they don't sow or reap. They don't have a storehouse or a barn. And yet God feeds them. They survive. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Yeah, think about that. Of how much more value are you than the birds? He sent his only son for you. Born in a stable, humble, as true men, as we remember this week. And forsaken and crucified for you so that you might never be forsaken and so that you never receive the punishment you deserve for your sin. Our Father in Christ has promised us he will avert all evil or turn it to our good for our salvation. Trust that. How much more value are you than the ravens? Give us this day our daily bread. Give us the grace to trust in you always, Father. And we need to keep praying that, don't we? So whether there's abundance of bread or whether there is little bread, we always put our lives in God's fatherly hands. And that's why I believe our Savior also put the fourth petition about our daily bread before the fifth about the forgiveness of sins and the sixth about help with our temptations. If you think about it, those, those following two petitions would seem to be a lot more important than our daily bread. That's our physical need but what about our spiritual life but if we're worried and anxious about our life our health our job our income our education then before you know it all those worries can push aside your worries about the forgiveness of your sins and and the help you need for your temptations while the lord jesus is true man he came and he lived among us here on earth he knows what we deal with and what we're worried about what our concerns are so when he teaches the Lord's Prayer as he does, he says, first give all, my, all your concerns about your daily bread to your Father in me. And then you don't have to worry about that anymore. That won't be a distraction for you anymore. That's off the table. And then you can be all the more busy with the matters which are of much greater importance, namely the forgiveness of all your sins and the help of of the Holy Spirit in your temptations. And then you can focus your heart and mind fully on those things. So, pray first. Give us this day our daily bread. And pray that continually. Amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.